0: Welcome back to another Two Guys, One Topic, Expert interview. I'm Ollie. Yeah, and I'm Liam. And this week our topic was Lego. And Liam, we needed to find ourselves a topic expert, didn't we?
1: We certainly did. And might we have found the best expert yet? I don't know. We say that all the time, but this is a pretty darn good one. So we, we talked in our episode all about being a Lego Master Builder and being a Lego Certified Professional. This person is the only person to have been both of them. He was a Lego Master Builder. He is a Lego Certified Professional. He also is rumoured to hold the record for having the most Lego bricks. Now, you'll listen to us ask him about that. Apparently, he's got over 10 million Lego bricks. This is unbelievable. This interview is really, really good. It's with the lego artist nathan sawet
0: nathan thank you so much for joining the two guys one topic podcast well thanks for having me happy to be here it's brilliant to talk with you as our listeners will know our topic this week was lego and we needed to find ourselves a lego expert and nathan you are most certainly a lego expert that we need to talk to one of the things that we we always like to do is we always start by just asking our experts how they got into their line of work in the first place. So what was it that got you into Lego in the first place?
2: Yeah, well, I was a lawyer. I mean, just like any young budding artist, I was a lawyer and I needed something else to do. (laughs) And I, I would come home after long days and I would want to be creative. And I just picked up this toy from my childhood and started using it. More as an art tool than just as a toy. So I, I tried to create, you know, sculpture using Lego and that's how it started. And it just kept going from there. And I would quit my job as a lawyer to be a full-time Lego artist. I suppose if, if you're asking how I really got into Lego, that goes back to when I was five years old okay. and you started building immediately when I, when I received a, a Lego Christmas gift.
0: Nice. So there's quite a journey there, all the way from five to to where you are now. Incredible.
2: Absolutely. Um, it was, it's one of those great toys that it was always part of my life. You know, even uh, even in high school, even in college, at university, I had Lego bricks. You know, hidden under my bed in my dormitory. Okay. So going from an attorney or or a lawyer
1: to working with Lego as a job that's that's a pretty big change. Like. <laughs> where was the tipping point? Like, where did it? Where did you decide? Right, like, that's it. I'm, I'm going Lego full time. Did it just grow naturally?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it was something that I, I discovered that I really enjoyed doing later in life. Yes, I loved it as a kid, and, and it was always an outlet for me. But it was when I was realizing I could create art out of it. I started putting a little. Well, I put a virtual gallery together of a website that showcased all Mm -hmm. my projects at the time and um, started getting attention. I started actually selling artwork made out of Lego. So I realized there's a market for it. I started... You know I was doing a full day of work at the law firm, and then I was doing six hours of commission work because I would okay. receive requests. And that kind of led me into like, oh, there's something to this. And i it was actually the day my website crashed from too many hits. I thought, you know, today's the day I'm going to make that change. And I left the law firm behind to go play with toys.
0: fantastic. What a good story. So <laughs> upon deciding to leave your career in law, and was it just a case of then, getting a job at at Legoland? I know you're saying that you were doing your sculpting and your artwork, but then did you think it was a case of,
2: well, I need to, I want to get actively involved with Lego. I mean, uh, I I realized there was really something I could do with it. I did spend three months working at Legoland in California. And the thinking there is, you know, help me hone my skills and learn how, how they do it and then i would i would leave that after 3 months and just go out on my own and really take lego as far as i could
0: and so eventually you then made it to the level, leg, level of lego master builder didn't you you just <laughs> yeah. tell tell our listeners like what that entails that would be great if you can please
2: sure i mean lego master builder is a term that it's a title i suppose that lego grants certain builders um For me, it involved a few tests, like being able to build a sphere out of rectangular bricks in a shorter period of time, where they just give you a pile of bricks, I had to build a perfect sphere, at the end of the test, they just take what I build and roll it across the table. Wow. Roll straight, I guess you move on to the next test. (laughs) That's incredible. Yeah, um, and it's just one of those titles that Lego grants. That uh, for me, you know, it's 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 great to have. I don't know what comes with it, other than just just the title. Uh, that that's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. We we were reading about a Lego Master Builder. It's the ability to build things just from your mind without then having to rely on instructions. So I suppose that's what you're saying there. You just get given a a bucket or a pile of bricks and make a perfect sphere
2: to make it run. Yeah, but it's got to be more than that because isn't that what every kid does is take a pile of Lego bricks and build something from their mind? I mean, that's the great thing about the toy is that you can just build from your mind at any point. There's no there is no rules. I mean, sure you can follow the instructions, but you don't have to. And that's that's why it's that's why I mean, I think one of the reasons it's endured for I guess we're coming up on its 90th anniversary of the company.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I know, Liam, you were quite interested in knowing a little bit more about that becoming a master builder process, weren't you?
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, cause there's a program, isn't there called, uh, it's called Lego masters or something like that. It's over here. Yeah. Right? They, they compete to, to win a role. So, so did you work at Legoland as a builder building their models or, or did that not actually, did you not get to that point?
2: Yeah. I mean, I did work there for a few months uh, working on the models there. It was a great learning experience. And it was it was very you know different for me coming straight from a law firm to doing that yeah. type of work. But I found I really wanted to pick and choose my own projects. And so okay. being told, hey, you have to go build a pirate today. And now you have to go build a, you know, a tiger. I mean, those, it was fun and I worked with great people, but after a while I was like, I want to pick and choose what I build. And so uh, I I would leave that behind. And then your point about Lego masters, the TV show is is important because although it it does have the title Lego master, it's, it's different from the company, right? It's not the, the Lego master builder title that the company puts out there. This is the, the TV show. So there is okay. some difference there, but um it's also very cool and and I get to be a consulting producer on the the US version of Lego Masters, oh, wow. which is, which is always a lot of fun.
1: What was it? I Ollie was going to ask this, but th- th- I wrote this one. Is it a, <laughs> you are saying that they're about building a pirate, right? Sure. And I'm stressed enough when I build a tiny little plane and my boy just plays with it and then it breaks. Like when you've spent all this time building a giant pirate and all these kids are all over it, do you, do you just like, does it just like trigger you a little bit? And are you trying like, can you just stand back a little bit? That took me days or weeks or whatever.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. A lot of stress comes with it. I mean, when you're working on something, though, that you know the public is going to interact with, especially like something that you'll see in a, a toy store or a theme park, then you have to build it in a different way, right? It's not like something you just build for yourself that you're going to put up on a shelf. This has to be built with adhesive, some sort of glue that's going to keep it together and Mm -hmm. test, you know, be able to withstand actually children or adults at (laughs) sometimes reaching and grabbing on it and hanging on it. You really have to build in a way that's going to protect Both the sculpture and and the public. So that safety is a big part of that as well.
0: Yeah. Did you did you have creative control over what you could make whilst you were at Lego? So would they say to you, Nathan, we need a dragon? And I don't know, how much time would you set aside? Would you say, okay, I'm thinking of a dragon, it's gonna be about this high. I probably need a week or three weeks to do it. I don't know. How does how does that process work? It's
2: actually the reverse, right? They say, I need you need to build us a dragon and you have two weeks to do it. And then from there, you can kind of judge how detailed it's going to be, what the scale is. I mean, generally, there's a scale in mind as well. Like, you need to build us a dragon. It has to, you know, fill this entire eight-foot area, um, and you have two weeks. And so from there, you're like, oh, okay. It's not going to be very detailed then. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a race to get that done. Or they'll say you have all summer or whatever, and then you can really... Spend some time on it. And I don't want it to sound like it's a factory. They were very good about giving everyone great lead time. So you really could okay. put in that excellent work. And that's why when you go and see those models, they look amazing because you do put a lot of time into them. And when you're saying
0: a lot of time, I mean to do an eight-foot dragon, it is two weeks' work.
2: Is it just yourself? Is there a team involved? Um it depends. It just depends. Sometimes uh, people, you know, like to work alone. Sometimes we we okay. there'll be two of us working. I remember working on a dinosaur that was like six or seven feet. And there was just two of us and we did it symmetrically. So we were just kind of mirroring each other as we worked. Um and that that took about two weeks. Okay. Cool. And do you so two questions I thought of now? Firstly,
1: that must require an enormous amount of bricks. Do they just bring them in on like a flatbed? And secondly, th- do you build them? Do you plan them at all? Like, is there any computer? Like, these are enormous. Like, do you use a computer software, or is it just, you just, here's a million bricks, and you just start <laughs> building it?
2: <laughs> well, in my art studio these days, I keep 10 million bricks on hand at any given time, because I want a full inventory of colors and shapes, so that if I think yeah. of something I can start building. I don't want to be like, okay, now I got to order it, and it's going to take four months to get here. Because when I order, I'm ordering, I'm ordering massive amounts. You know, I order about <laughs> a quarter million bricks every month. It comes overseas, so by boat. So it take I got to build in four months of, yeah. of lead time. So I try and keep a huge inventory. And I think, uh, at, what, I mean, the theme park that was that was, ooh, wow, that was 18 years ago when I was there. Um, and At the time, there was you know several million bricks always available um, to just use and, and, and go for. So it just depends though, like um, when it comes to what we're building, how it's designed. there was there was brick paper that was a lot. The computer thing was brand new back then. Uh, so I know oh, yeah. it was it was just getting used, but a lot of that was freehanded back then because that's just what we did.
0: Yeah. So you're saying about how many bricks you keep on in in your inventory. So it's, you've got to be careful what you read online, but online it seems to think that your personal collection is the most bricks that anybody <laughs> has in the world.
2: I don't know. I mean, 10 million, it sounds like a lot. Um, I, I, I know some builders who probably have more... Um, so I, I don't know about that, but look, it's a it's a massive inventory. It takes up two buildings. I have <laughs> my art studio where I work, and I have a warehouse just full of of bricks. Uh, I I only keep one or two million in the art studio, you know, just just a just, few million around lying around, just,
1: just like you do. It, you know, sometimes <laughs> it feels like I've got ten million bricks in my house <laughs> because they are every. Do yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> when you're walking yeah, the, the across barefoot. yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The days when they get tipped out. I'm pretty sure there's 10 million bricks on my floor. (laughs) Um, one more thing about the working for Legoland: Uh, Are any of your models still there? Like, do do you know that they're you know have they lasted? Have you got any idea?
2: I have. I have no idea. I haven't been back there in over 10 years. Last time I was there, there was a few left, Um, but you know they changed things out. And and because the the theme parks are outdoors, um, yeah the sun kind of wears them down pretty fast. So we were, yeah. you know, models had to be replaced every three, four five years. I don't know if that's changed, it's been a while, but um, I remember having, you know, part of the responsibility of working there is replacing older models because right. they okay. get worn down from the sun. Okay. Color. Yeah.
0: And then moving from large scale, the sculptures and that that you see in, in Legoland, down to the, the sets that you can then buy from shops and what have you, did you ever get involved in the designing or coming up with what would ever be sold to the public? I
2: did one set. Um, uh, it was a statue of Liberty set years ago, years ago. Um, and so that was, that was cool to see it on a shelf, but that was, that was a long time ago. That was around the same time. Um, uh, Other than that, I haven't really done much with sets because when I'm doing my artwork for that is on tour in the art of the brick, those exhibition pieces are Mm. they're big scale for the most part, and they don't really translate into building sets necessarily. It's just not something I really ever got into. I really enjoy building it for me, which is weird because it's what I do all day is build. But then I, I still have this moment of joy following someone's instructions, right? Because then I'm not yeah, thinking. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not creating. I'm just using the instructions as as a guide, and I can just let my mind kind of go. And I still enjoy building the sets, but it's never been something that I was ever focused on as a as a creative outlet as okay. as creating sets. But you so you do use instructions from time to time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just I just built the new adat, the big okay. Star Wars adat. You know, that that took several days, uh, several evenings of. Of build time, but it again, it, it was almost therapeutic to just follow the instructions and, and build it.
1: So nowadays, you're you're officially a Lego certified professional. They call you because yeah. your work on a day to day basis is is working in the medium of Lego. Right. So I just wondered, you know, obviously you're you're now an artist using Lego. So what is your, what's your day to day look like as a as a Lego builder nowadays? You know, do, is it just one piece at a time until it's finished, or sort of, oh, no. can you talk
2: to uh, it's, it's probably two or three projects going on at any given time. Um, so like I go in the studio, typical day, typical day starts with, with email, you know, drinking my coffee and reading email and email is interesting because it, I get these crazy requests, right? I mean, it's one of the best part of my job is I read requests and ideas from folks all over the world who are like, yeah, you yeah. should do this, or can you build me this? And, and that's always entertaining and and i am in a, in a very you know great position that i get to pick and choose what i work on and having that ability to say hey this is something new i've never seen before i'd like to take on this project is really it's it's i'm just lucky to be there at that point so i pick the projects i i take them on and then it's it's just working on them in the shop. I'm just at the studio. I I have a few projects going on. So if I get stuck on something, I'll I'll shift, I'll pivot to something else, work on that for a while. Uh, Of course, deadlines, clients always have deadlines. And that will force, you know, the direction of what I'm going to be working on. Um, But generally, it's it's a pretty lighthearted day, I can just play music, it's just me and my dog at the art studio, and I just work. Nice. Any any particular strange requests for
0: things to be
2: built that stick in your mind? I mean, I've had, I've had some weird ones. Sure, I've had a, a, <laughs> a gentleman ask for a life-size nude woman with the head of a cat. Okay, <laughs> I, I I passed on that one. <laughs> uh, I've had a request to build a life-size working air conditioner. Okay, actually, actually did that one. Actually did that one for a company. Uh, they were having an event in Las Vegas for their employees. So I built, and it was an air conditioning okay. company, and I built them a air conditioner that had working fans in it to actually create a breeze. <laughs> um, what else? You, you, you want to hear something sad? I get yeah. I, I get requests for uh, child-sized coffins and headstones. Oh
0: Wow. Okay.
2: Oh, goodness. So that, That's hard. And, so- and the policy, I don't take those on. Uh, it would be just devastating for me. Yeah, to, you know, can well imagine Yeah.
1: When you're working on a piece, yeah, it must be real. I, I guess a bit like an artist. Well, not sorry, and like a, a painter. You you must. Don't you feel like I oh, just put one more piece on there, or that just needs that just needs one more little two by four just on the top? Uh, you yeah. know you must do that all the time and just walk away and walk forwards and walk and just keep doing that? Like, how, how yeah. do you decide it's done?
2: There's a lot of that, that walking away and coming back and putting it back and and stepping back and thinking, okay, we need, this needs to come up or this needs to, this doesn't look right. And you recall, I'm actually gluing a lot of this as I go because I'm shipping works all over the world. I have to glue it. So that means if it doesn't look right and it from time to time does not look right, I use a hammer and chisel and I will just tear it apart. And sometimes it's hours worth of work. Sometimes it's days worth of work. So I do tell, I do tell people like, if you want this job, it's a great job, but you have to have patience. You have to go into these bigger projects, knowing that there is a good chance, you know, some of your work is not going to make it. You're going to have to tear it apart and do it over. And Mm. that the bigger projects don't just take a few hours or don't just take a few days. They can take weeks, sometimes months, uh, so that's that's one of the parts of of doing this job is that you got to have that patience. And and typically like how many bricks are you using on any any commission that you're doing? I mean it just depends like a life-size human form is going to take 15 20 25,000 bricks just depending on size wow. and complexity. Yeah, we well, have
1: got 10 million of them so so that's yeah, like nothing. Nothing <laughs> dropping the bucket. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was thinking, like, how do you transport them? Because I, I worry moving my little ambulance that I built at the weekend, because my boy <laughs> like, put that on my table carefully, because that will break. Like, how do, how do you move these enormous, because, you know, these are big pieces, like you're saying, and these are life-size people and bigger. Yeah. How yeah. do they get shipped without falling to pieces?
2: It's a good question. Um, and I learned the hard way, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, now, now I work with I work with crating companies, you know, I have I have vendors who and outside folks who come in and build crates around them in big wooden crates, just like you would like oh, a wow. statue or an antique. They just move them in big wooden crates and they travel pretty safely. Um, I have a great team that really knows and understands how the art works and, and where the weak points are going to be. And they put the right amount of padding and things and just travels like that. So. I mean do you remember that last scene in in Indiana Jones uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, there's this scene with all these wooden crates yes uh, that's kind of what part of my studio looks like like i have hundreds of wooden crates of just sculptures all hidden away brilliant and <laughs> could you could you tell us
0: a little bit about um it seems to be one of your your most famous pieces or your most famous Pieces that you have are are the red, yellow, and blue. Oh yeah. yeah, they they seem to come up pretty quickly whenever you like search for your name, or they they're associated with you. Could you just describe them to our listeners, and then maybe just say what the inspiration was behind doing those?
2: Yeah, I mean that was a a series that I did years ago, um, and I mean a little bit about part of it is just birth, life, and death. It's really simple like that. The blue figure is building itself. It's actually taking bricks in its hand and and completing itself. It's building its own arm or, or, and so that is kind of like birth, the creation. Uh, There's a piece, uh, the red figure is, it's kind of sinking or maybe it's rising out of all these loose bricks. And you see the torso and the arms coming out of all these loose bricks and so that's that's a period of transition i'm not saying it's rising i'm not saying it's it's sinking but it is moving in one direction and that's that transition that's life right there and then the yellow piece which is probably my most iconic piece of all is a yellow torso where it's tearing its chest open and the insides are all spilling out and there's just thousands and thousands of yellow loose bricks spilling out of it and that that's death so you have birth life and death right there with blue red and yellow and wow. you must and have you must have been pleased how they turned out they're in, they're incredible like thank they're, you they're Absolutely. Thank you. yeah incredible. yeah no i'm i'm pleased and i'm pleased the reaction they get um they're the type of pe- pieces that really evoke a lot of emotion. I mean, more people have contacted me about that yellow sculpture than mm. anything else I've done and people see it in different ways and I think that's important as an artist for the viewer to have a role in in kind of interpreting what they're seeing. I think that's part of it.
1: Your work is touring now, isn't it? Is it I think you mentioned it then. Is it is it called The Art of the Brick and could yeah. you want to just tell tell our listeners about that and like where is it at the minute? Sure. I mean,
2: The Art of the Brick is, is actually multiple exhibitions these days. It's grown and grown. The first time I had a, a solo exhibition, which was uh, almost 15 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, I, I thought it really would be the, the only time I ever did an art exhibition. And yet it, yeah. it became quite popular and has continued to tour ever since. And so fortunately uh, it's broken into separate multiple exhibitions as it's grown. And I'm always adding new pieces right now. There's a show in Chicago and a show in San Francisco here in the U S. And then uh, I don't think we've announced any international dates this year yet, but that's where we're at.
0: If you make it over to London, we'd love to uh, yeah, come and see you, see you in your, your, uh, your exhibition. Yeah, I would
2: love um, to I actually visited, with the show several years ago, I think in 2000, I want to say 15. So it's definitely time to come back with a, with some brand new work. Sounds good. Is there,
0: Um, is there a piece of what you've got that's your most favorite that you've ever done at all?
2: It's hard to pick a favorite. It's hard to pick a favorite. It's like picking a favorite child. How do you do it? (laughs) You know, I, I put a lot into the each piece. So for me, the favorite thing is always the next thing. The next thing I'm working on, where my focus is. That's where my energy is at the moment. I've got a a, a very important question. Yes, please. We'd read,
1: we've read that, that Lego don't have official names for the pieces of Lego and that everybody calls them whatever they call them. Like you're up downy, you're two spinner, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Do you have names for the Lego pieces or do you just, well, I need another two before this is a little one flatter, like, do you have special names that you use in your own head or, <laughs>
2: or not? <laughs> uh, I did as a kid, as a kid, right before I had met any other Lego enthusiasts, I was, I had my own names like smoothie, which now I know is a tile. I'd call it a smoothie. <laughs> with yeah you know, stuff like that, uh, but I think there's there's generally there's the the Lego community has accepted certain names like tiles or okay. brick like a two by four, but like I, you know I still use terms like a jumper. Is that are you familiar with a jumper? I
0: don't no, know that
2: one. No, i probably got my own name for it in my, in my mind, and I know other people have used this term, so I didn't make it up. It's when the stud, uh, like let's say a one by two plate. So that you have your two studs. Well, on a jumper plate, the stud would be in the middle, right? So it only has one stud, but it's still yeah. a one by two plate. And that's because it kind of jumps half stud. Um, oh, nice. and, and so that's called a jumper in my yeah. mind. Liam, and do you want to let sure Nathan
0: know what a, an, an up-down he is? Yeah, what is just an up Just so clear that,
1: that there's no way Ollie understands what your jumper was, by the way, but I've totally got it. <laughs> I totally know what you're talking about. <laughs> No, not downy. You know, you know the one that like it's like a two. It's too wide, and it, it just makes things move up and down. If you want to make like a hose on the top of a fire engine or something, like so, a hinge. Oh,
0: okay, yeah. yeah so, downy. Yeah, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> yeah. You might you might think of that next time you're using it, Nathan. I'll just I grab, grab the well. downy. <laughs> <laughs> so, out of interest, then, what what's it that you're working on now? Or what, you know, what can you share with us about what what you're working on at the
2: moment? Uh, Wouldn't you like to know? Okay. (laughs) You know, know, it's something I actually don't, I don't talk about what I'm currently working on too much because people get expectations and then when they see what I've, actually created they're like oh that's not what i pictured so uh, i only do a few previews on my instagram from time to time that's really the best place you can see but uh, you know i'm working on some new projects i i want to create some some new stuff that focuses on on coming out of this this time we've been in the past few years and and so you're going to see some new stuff fairly soon i think just finally have you got any tips
1: on becoming a master builder cuz building with Lego or or what you do now, I guess, you know, just there must be a million people listening to this who would love to have a job that is just building with Lego, whether that's at Legoland or whether that's doing art like you do, Um, you know,
2: got any tips? Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's the the simple, obvious tips like, you know, just be creative, use your imagination. Uh, I think there's a lot of truth to that is always have that that imagination of a child, no matter how old you get, get to be. But when it comes to I like practical tips, I think I think if you're a student still in school, I think things like math and engineering are surprisingly helpful when working with Lego. Um, there's a lot of math in Lego and, and on these big structures, there's a lot of engineering that goes into it. So that that's yeah, okay. always a big help. Um, but I'll, I'll refer back to something I mentioned earlier and that's patience. Learn to have patience because as you know, even when you're building that ambulance, right? That that ambulance that's sitting yeah, on your yeah. desk, you have to, you have to get it just right so that not only you're happy, but that whoever you're building this for, or if it's the public, they they like it too. They have to be able to know what it is. And then you, you know, when you are a master builder and you're gluing everything together it almost doubles the time it takes to get everything done. Okay. So there's okay. even more patience that goes into this project. So patience is a big part of it, but anyone can do it there. It's not like I had special training. I just love Lego and just went for it. And so anyone out there could, could do it. You just got to put yourself, put yourself uh, out there and do it. Amazing. So, so I actually, I actually teach maths as
1: a job. So, uh, Maybe go. that's why I like doing it so much because I, you know, that sort of it, it it's inside it's me innately somehow. I don't know. Yeah, so uh, that
2: makes perfect
0: sense for sure. Is there post chances for you yet, Liam? <laughs> yeah, I
1: got this. Don't worry. A late career change.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's what I did. That's what I did. It's possible. Liam's <laughs> actually going to have a go at building our logo. So our two guys, one topic logo. He's going to have a go at building that out of Lego. So we'll send it on to you, for you can create. Critique- yeah, please do.
1: <laughs> That's great. Uh, I, I need to go through my box and find all of my yellow pieces first. I do not have a million of them on hand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good luck. Fantastic. Nathan, it has been absolutely brilliant talking with you. Thank you so much for taking the time. We've really enjoyed it. Thank you for sharing your experience and how you've used Lego over the years. And we really appreciate it.
2: We hope everyone wow. listening
0: has found the same thank-
2: too. Thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. So thanks, guys. Great, Great to meet you. Thank you very much.
1: Ollie, how blimmin' good was that? Might that be my favorite interview we've done so far? Oh my goodness, how cool was chatting to Nathan?
0: I am right with you there. His passion for it, his knowledge, and it's just incredible just to think about how he does what he does from scratch. And we'll include pictures for everyone to see if they're unsure. Of red, yellow, and blue, the sculptures—the most iconic ones that he's done. But what a great guy to speak with! Absolutely brilliant.
1: Hundred yeah. percent, absolutely agree. And um, ten million bricks? How can you have that many bricks? <laughs> That's mental. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, hopefully you've all loved this interview. This this is like, certainly one of the best best ones we've done. If you've got any thoughts, comments, anything you want to know about it, please let us know at Two Guys One Topic on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Otherwise, we'll see you next week with a new episode,
0: won't we? Get out there and share some LEGO knowledge!